1130 at KRVN on this Tuesday, August 17th. It's time for Midday. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Thanks for making us a part of your day so far. Whole crew is back once again. Jason Jorgensen will touch on sports here in just a few minutes. Bob Brogan will try to give us some good news in terms of the stock numbers, but I'm not sure he'll be able to. And, of course, in about 15 minutes, regional ag weather update. Paul Perkins will tell us how long this warm temperatures will hang around. But let's head out east to our studios in Lincoln on Innovation Campus. And Alex Wojcicki is joining us. Alex, how are you doing today? Why, hello. I'm doing fantastic. Well, how are things there now with uh, things kind of simmering down in Lincoln after the Garth Brooks concerts? It was a madhouse this past weekend. Is it a little quieter now? It's a little bit quieter. So I was just looking out to the parking lot, and it looks like all of his semi-tour buses have since left the parking lot. Mm. So I think they're clear. Okay. All right. It was a great concert. You went, didn't you? I did. I did. Okay. It was great. Yeah, one of the best I've seen uh, in quite a while, actually. It was, it was great stuff there. But what do you have for us coming up on Midday today? Yeah, so at 12.19, Susan is visiting with AARP to learn a little bit more about the new elder financial exploitation law in Nebraska. Fast forward to 12.45, I've got the story of the 2020 Beef Advocate of the Year. Her name is Kaya Twisselman Burchett. Her story kind of started when she lost over 125 pounds and has since um, advocated for the beef industry. So a cool story there. Mm. And then at 117, we're going to be joined by the Overton FFA chapter. They're taking part in the There's a Pig in My Classroom program. So I've got the details on that, too. Very interested on that final story from Overton. It should be good. All right. Very good. Thank you, Alex. Have a good one. You, too. All right. Let's turn things over to Jason Jorgensen in sports. What do you have for us? Uh, Tim Tebow's been cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nobody's surprised, though, right? Uh, not really, but he got a shot. It's fair. Didn't work out. I've never understood the angst against Tim Tebow. If he wants to try, if he wants to try mm-hmm. again next mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. you know, free country. <laughs> Someone invite you in, albeit for publicity. Uh, go for it. And I assume they made some pretty good money selling Tebow jerseys. Oh, yes. There was a reason behind it. Also, we'll talk some Husker football. Practice number 15 this morning for the Big Red. Also, uh, fall workouts have started for the UNK volleyball team. And they don't have too many workouts before they go on the road this weekend. They travel out to Colorado Springs to Mm -hmm. Air Force to take on the cadets in an exhibition match. that we will have on Saturday afternoon at 2 over on our sister station, 93.1 93.1 the river and 106.9 in Kearney as the Lopers look to uh, not re- not rebuild, but regroup a little bit. Uh, they have to replace some faces and mm-hmm. some big-time players off of what they did a couple years back, but should be fun. I think it says something about the program when you've played in, I wouldn't say back-to-back seasons, but seasons that have counted for the most part. And an exhibition matches against Division One programs and been asked to play in part of those programs. Yep, so uh, we'll see how it goes on Saturday against the Cadets. And by the way, last time they played Division One against Wyoming, they beat them, right? They did. All right, and a full gym in Cheyenne and a sultry night. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> Bob, what do you have for us? Stocks are dropping, and uh, the reason why is because people are concerned about Afghanistan and... Uh, A weaker economic outlook in China. Also, Americans cut back on their spending last month. 
And uh, not surprisingly, everybody was expecting this, health experts are going to recommend COVID-19 vaccine boosters. All right, Braskin. KRVN's coverage of the fall sports season begins this week. Thursday night, it's high school softball action on Kimmy Country as Kozad begins a year against Hershey with first pitch set for 6.30. On Friday, it's Lexington softball as the Minimates host Scott's Bluff with first pitch at 5. And on Saturday afternoon, it's UNK Volleyball and Air Force in an exhibition match, which begins at 2 on 93.1 The River and 106.9 in Kearney. And it all comes away this week from KRVN Sports. Time for regional ag weather updates. Paul Perkins is now joining us in the studio. And, well, things out west are warming up quickly here in Nebraska. Yes, uh, already submitted an upper 80s as you headed to the Nebraska Panhandle. And as warm as 92 right now at Kimball, 90 at Gordon. Their humidity a little bit lower, though, in those two points out there. Into the 30s and 40s and into the southwest part of Nebraska. So very dry. So it's a dry heat out there mm-hmm. as opposed to the more humid conditions on into central and east areas of Nebraska and Kansas. I've always thought how crazy it can yeah. be. You know, I live in Kearney. Uh, the parents are out west in the panhandle. And the three-hour difference and, and really the... The weather is just so different, and it's how sticky it is out here and dry it is out there. No doubt, yeah, because like uh, right now we have a 32-degree dew point right now. Pine Bluffs, which is just to the southwest of Scotts Bluff, that compares with the 72-dew mm-hmm. point in much of eastern Nebraska towards Omaha and Nebraska City. Two different worlds, that's for sure. Uh, how about rain? Do we have any chance for rain today? Looks like still a pretty dry for today, but it looks like a pretty good chance of some rain starting to move <laughs> in by Thursday night. Forecast models tending to back off on those rain amounts, but still looks like a decent chance for at least some beneficial rain by Thursday night. Okay. Otherwise, today it's uh, shaping up to be just another uh, summer day here in the middle of August. Yep, yeah, you bet. Above average temperatures across the area. Some hazy sunshine. Uh, the satellite photo not indicating any cloud cover, so I'm guessing a lot of that haze we're seeing is some smoke from the western wildfires. Temperatures right now into the upper 70s to the low 80s. Plenty of sunshine across the area. We will see the Weather continued to be sunny and slightly warmer than usual all the way through Thursday, thanks to a ridge of high pressure building east onto the plains. The Nebraska Panhandle looking at the prospects of some triple-digit heat this afternoon. Humidity increasing for most of us, with some south winds becoming breezy through to, uh, through Thursday, uh, just ahead of a low-pressure trough over the western high plains. The atmosphere should stay capped or too warm in the upper levels for thunderstorms to develop through tomorrow. But those changes start to arrive by Thursday with a fairly strong Crow front moving into the region. Thunderstorms are possible during the day on Thursday. Likely chances by Thursday night with the passage of that front. Some storms could be strong to marginally severe, but right now widespread severe weather not anticipated. In behind the front, we could see a few more showers and thunderstorms for Friday through the weekend with some weak waves of low pressure passing through. Our temperatures Friday and Saturday dropping to slightly cooler than average before we warm to above normal for early on next week. In the long-term for Forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be warmer than normal for Sunday through August 30th. And, of course, that includes the first few days of the Nebraska State Fair. But the higher chances of the warmer temperatures are early on for next week. Rainfall for Sunday through August 30th predicted to be near normal to slightly below normal in Nebraska and Kansas. Key weather factors affecting markets include rainfall expected to move into the western Corn Belt and heat and dryness continuing in key areas of southwest Russia. Extreme heat lingers across across eastern Montana.
Montana and the Dakotas. Today's highest temperatures there could reach up to around 105. Montana right now leading the U.S. in topsoil moisture rated very short to short at 98%, as well as rangeland and pastures that are also rated 98% very poor to poor. A cold front crossing the northern Rockies will push to the southeast, delivering an autumn-like surge of cool air across the northern plains. Widespread rain will precede and accompany that front with five-day rain totals possibly reaching around one to two inches across the drought-stricken northern plains and far upper Midwest. There is a lot of forecast up model uncertainty though regarding where how much rain will fall but any rain will be good for the filling corn and soybeans two more systems follow closely behind it through early next week to provide some more rainfall to the northern plains the midwest can expect widespread rain by the weekend the rain also a benefit to their filling corn and soybeans especially across the drier northwest areas of the midwest in the black sea region recent rain missed the hot and dry volga valley more rain expected through ukraine the next several days but it will probably be missed much of Russia again. Wheat and corn conditions continuing to decline in western Russia with temperatures remaining on the hot side. Pastures and crops definitely need a drink, but it's good to hear that in the near future they will hopefully and likely going to get some sort of precipitation. And luckily, across much of our area, we don't have too much in the way of any extreme heat headed our way. Just kind of a brief beat, a brief bout with that heat on into the Nebraska Panhandle for today because their temperatures are expected to back off for tomorrow. Okay. All right, sounds good. For a full weather forecast, where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you, Paul. Keeping our elders financially safe and away from fraud is a priority for anyone. And now, a law in place to continue to help with that. Hi, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Gina Raglan is an advocacy director with AARP Nebraska as we talk about the new elder financial exploitation law here in the state of Nebraska. It was introduced in the legislature this year by Senator Brett Lindstrom of Omaha and unanimously passed the Nebraska legislature. And really what it does is it's a, it allows investment advisors and broker dealers to take steps if they suspect that someone may be taking advantage of an elderly client. Um, it expands on a bill of that or a law that we passed last year in 2020 that allowed bankers to take similar actions. So some of those actions, if if they if someone suspects that in those roles, they can um, put a temporary hold on suspicious transactions. Uh, they can notify Adult Protective Services, uh, the, the State Department of Banking and Finance, and they also have the opportunity and the ability to alert family members or other third parties who previously were designated by the client. So, um, again, if if something looks fishy. They can put up a red flag and they can put up to a 30-day hold on a transaction while they have the ability um, to look into and make sure that it's not an exploitation case. You know, our, our, adult, our older adults kind of get vulnerable because they're so trusting. And is that how this all seems to, to start and come about? Yeah, I think that's a great point to to make older, uh, vulnerable adults lose billions of dollars to financial exploitation. A lot of times people are, maybe they're lonely. Um, and so if someone's calling them and, and treating them really nicely, it, it opens a door uh, just because of that, uh, that ability where, again, they're sitting at home and, and feeling um, lonely and isolated. And so someone's giving them time and attention. And so they really have the, the, the scammers have some really great tactics and great stories to bring people in um, that makes it believable. Um, 
you know, as people age, obviously, I think sometimes guards might be let down a little bit. Um, and people, as we age, are probably more trusting than we should be, which is disappointing to say, but it, that's really the reality. Um, older Americans, I think another point is, is our population is aging. So we have 12% of the population nationwide. Um, but when we start talking about victims of crime and fraud, that's a full 30% of the the actual population of that 12%. So um, again, the other thing I think it's important to keep in mind is people age, oftentimes they have more financial assets, more sizable assets. And so because of that, they have a reliable steady income. They're also, you know, another reason that people are targeted when they're older. You talked about how creative these folks are getting Sure. So, you know, there's different scams and I, some of them I'm going to list here. I know people have probably heard them before. Um, one that I kind of just talked a little bit about, you know, like the romance scams is people, the con artists will call people up and, you know, start romancing someone on the phone and saying, you know, hey, I'm looking for, um, some kind of confidant or I'm looking for someone that, you know, might want to be a partner with me, whatever it might be. Um, and again, they, they really make people feel good about themselves and say nice things on the other end of the line, even though they might be clear overseas um, or on a, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but as they continue to make that person, that older adult or that vulnerable adult feel more and more needed, um, then they make the ask. That's Gina Raglan again with AARP. She encourages you to have that conversation with the elders in your life. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Seven. It is time for Midday Sports. Jason Jorgensen is joining us live here in the studio. And fall sports happening in a matter of days, and that includes UNK Volleyball is their season. Well, we'll kind of start it this upcoming weekend. Yeah, exhibition matchup on Saturday against Air Force. They didn't start practice until yesterday, and head coach Rick Squire says they just hope things will be back to normal this season after playing a shortened season in the spring. Well, last year was obviously weird, and hopefully we don't have another one of those to deal with. But um, I know our fans and uh, you know all the people around here who follow us are really looking forward to seeing something uh, back on the court again and being a part of it. And we like our team, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Um, you know, hopefully this will be another really good year. Lopers went 16-3 and during the spring. Now, once again this weekend, they will be out in Colorado Springs to take on Air Force in an exhibition match. We will bring that to you on 93.1 The River and 106.9 at Kearney and on the uh, River app. Match time on Saturday starts at 2 Central. Okay. It's the Lopers and the Cadets. You mentioned last hour they lost a couple of key players, obviously, due to graduation. Uh, you still feel pretty good about this team coming into this fall? The reason I do is the two Squire sisters. I got uh, Maddie's going to set again. She decided to come back. Uh, the Lopers do need to find some firepower on the outside. Uh, Libero is back. Lindsey Nottleman, who was a very good player a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So there's some pieces there, but also Coach Squire's. They got to find someone that can put the ball away on the outside. And also when you have the head coach who's been yes. doing it for a while, and as good as he is, yep. they'll always be competing. Mm-hmm. They've been to the NCAA tournament every year that he's been the coach. Oh. 
in Kearney. Wow. High school football team continues to get closer and closer to its season opener with Illinois. Defensive end Ben Stilley says, in his opinion, the Husker offensive line looks a whole lot better, specifically center Cam Jurgens. Cam is at an, another level, I think, than uh, we've seen him. And um, a combination of that and the, and the guards are, are bigger. Piper's bigger um, in the best shape of his life, too. So I think a combination of, of that, Cam being great on those doubles, um, and then the guards also improving, um, being another year better at that. I think they've, they've been good. They keep touting that offensive line, Tyler. Young but talented, mm-hmm. also big. Uh, hopefully Nebraska will muscle up and play a little more physical this year and run the football. I hope they're right, uh, but I feel like we've heard this yeah. year after year. <laughs> best practice of the year so far, and then they come out and lay an egg. Yeah. Uh, former KU star Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers have agreed to a four-year, $196 million extension that will take the All-Star Center through the 2027 season. He's coming out for a year in which he was actually able to stay healthy and on the court and was the MVP runner-up. And both the Cubs and Orioles trying to hold 12-game losing streaks. The Cubs, they've lost 12 in a row since they've sold off the team. And the Orioles, well, they're just good at being bad mm-hmm. uh last night they played a game in tampa and the rays had 5,460 uh, fans mm. there for the start of a seven game homestand they're one of the better teams in the american league people down there just don't care got to the world series a year ago and uh, yeah they've been competing very well last couple of years but the first off that dome is not great bad. anyway i mean it's bad they gotta, but... they gotta figure that out but uh, while you have a good team i mean you gotta get down there and watch them also, nobody has done more with less than their management. Seriously. And they always do a great job of taking the assets they have, mm-hmm. flipping them for other younger guys, and then they just continue to win. we got to get those management uh, team for the Colorado Rockies. That's all. And uh, for the Kansas City Royals, who <laughs> yeah. have done nothing since winning the World Series. I, I, I believe <laughs> the beginning of the summer, we, you were talking about how good they were and had the best record. It was a great month and a half. It was a great, Seems yeah. like a distant memory. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Thank you very much. It is time for Midday News. News Director Dave Schroeder is now joining us in the studio. And We'll lead things off with Governor Pete Ricketts. Yes, he called into the newsroom yesterday, and Governor Ricketts hasn't budged from his effort to stop the imposition of critical race theory in Nebraska schools and institutions of higher education. Ricketts says CRT divides rather than unites people. It's exactly the opposite of what Martin Luther King taught about not judging someone by the color of their skin, but by the contents of their character. And it has been, um, you know, put in policies in various places to teach uh, one group of people based on their color of skin they're the oppressor and another group of people that they're the oppressed. And it really is a corrosive philosophy. The University of Nebraska Board of Regents last week voted 5-3 to three to reject an anti-CRT major which opposed the imposition of the ideology and curriculum. Rickett says despite the vote, he's going to continue to oppose the teaching of the philosophy being imposed upon Nebraska schools or institutions of higher education. The Nebraska Game and Parks Commission will begin a nearly $3.5 million boating access improvement project this week at the Lake McConaughey 
McConaughey State Recreation Area to accommodate the construction. The Martin Bay Bayside Boat Ramp and Beach Number 3 will be temporarily closed to the public until early next year. Among the improvements is a steeper two-lane boat ramp with turnaround and boat staging area, an extension of an existing boat ramp, more accessible parking, and a exit lane at the top of the ramp to improve traffic flow. All the projects are expected to be completed by the summer of 2022. That standoff in Kearney yesterday with a suspect in the shooting of two women ended with the death of the man from a self-inflicted gunshot. 33-year-old Jeffrey Smith held police at bay for several hours before the standoff ended around 4 p.m. when Smith shot himself. Smith was suspected of breaking into a rural Elm Creek home and shooting his ex-girlfriend and her mother uh, early yesterday morning. Kearney Police Lieutenant Kevin Thompson identified the victims as 35-year-old Amber Shoddy and her 63-year-old mother, Lena Rouse. And KRVN News did uh, uh, find out that they were taken from Good Samaritan Hospital in Kearney to the University of Nebraska Medical Center, but their condition was not released yesterday. Officials have said several children were in the home at the time of the shooting, but none were hurt. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Her claim to fame was losing over 125 pounds, but that's just a small piece of the 2020 Beef Advocate of the Year's journey. The most important asset on your farm, ranch, or in your home is you. And you cannot show up and take care of the causes and the people that you care about unless you take care of yourself first. That's the voice of Kaya Twistleman Burchett, more affectionately known as Coach Kaya, and she was named the 2020 Beef Advocate of the Year. This award is given by NCBA's Beef Checkoff-funded Masters of Beef Advocacy program to recognize an outstanding beef advocate for reaching and educating consumers about cattle and beef. Kaya's combination of her weight loss journey, mental well-being status, and involvement in the beef industry proved to be the perfect combination for beef advocacy on a national level. So I lovingly say that I am a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach. Um, What I do right now is I am a full-time self-love and confidence coach working predominantly with women, a lot of women in ag, really teaching them how to rebuild their relationships with themselves to create a healthy life that they love. But there was a lot that led up to me getting here. Very unexpected turn of events. I grew up on a cattle ranch. I'm the sixth generation. My family's been ranching in rural central coast of California since the 1880s. And uh, so my heart is in the beef industry. I grew up in production ag. My first quote-unquote big kid job out of college was actually for the Kentucky Beef Council. So I started my professional career in the beef checkoff, which is how I originally learned about the MBA Masters of Beef Advocacy program. And as I was working there, I started my own health journey and I lost over 125 pounds. So accidentally had this, <laughs> this platform to really advocate on behalf of beef in a way that I never felt confident before, which was really showing people how beef fits into a healthy diet and lifestyle in a real way. And now just having the incredible opportunity to be a 
voice for the beef industry, not just to others within our ag industry, but also much further outside of that. I had some amazing media opportunities this last year that has really amplified my platform in a big way. I was in People Magazine, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, The Kelly Clarkson Show, and more. And things have just really unfolded unexpectedly, but it feels like the greatest honor to still be here and always have my roots within the beef industry, but to be able to be a voice for it in a way that I didn't know was possible for me for a really long time. And Kaya said that aligned has been the theme of her journey in the past year. She said her ability to speak, combined with her health journey and love for the beef industry, all aligned in a way to better millions of people across the nation. I feel like so much of my success, I have to give back to the checkoff program that trained me. Because when I was on the Kelly Clarkson show, for example, you know, I'm sitting down on this national TV show in Hollywood, like the center of Hollywood. And Kelly Clarkson, during the break, she's like, wow, it seems like you do national TV interviews all the time. And I was like, thank you, Kentucky Beef Council. Because I was that girl that was cooking recipes in two and a half minutes on the morning news station in Lexington, Kentucky. And I was the one that was doing these programs with influencers and having to publicly speak. And I think so much of my success now, what has really made me such a strong advocate and just a strong speaker and voice in general, really has to do to a lot of the training that I got within the beef industry. And now to be able to have that expanded far beyond ag while keeping that core root feels like the greatest gift. You know, the word that keeps coming up for me over the last year is aligned. Like I feel like my personal struggles with my body image and weight, while I would never wish those on anyone else, if I could take those away from every person in the world, I would. But looking back now, I see how those struggles were my greatest blessing, my greatest gift, because now it's given me this unexpected opportunity to empower other women who are walking through that journey, but then to also be able to to marry my passions for people and agriculture still in this new role feels like the greatest gift. And just to know that, you know, while I'm not always talking about ranching on the day-to-day, like I can share my favorite healthy dinner recipe, which happens to be a steak salad. And I can show that I'm working out today, but I'm not in a gym in a big city. Like I'm running on the ranch like dodging cow patties and just to be able to really weave in the different parts of me into one in this authentic way it feels so aligned and kaya said that her message to those already in the ag industry is a simple one find time to make yourself a priority Growing up in California, moving to Kentucky, and now getting the opportunity to speak in so many different states. I don't care if you're a rancher in California, you're a farmer in Kentucky, you know, you're from New York State. We all have so much alike. And I feel like when, when I come to convention, it feels like coming home. You know, my message for those within the beef community is I really feel like cause so much of my health journey and my business journey, too, has all been really more about mindset than anything else. And it has really been based upon my own mental health and my relationship with myself. And I'm excited to see that there's more of a conversation about that within agriculture because it's a big problem. And so my message to anybody listening to this, anybody in the in the ag community, is to never forget that the most important asset on your farm, ranch, or in your home is you. And you cannot show up and take care of the causes and the people that you care about 
unless you take care of yourself first. And I know that we are a community of gritty, hardworking people. We love on our community so well. We show up when there's crisis. You know, we pour our love into everyone else, and that's what makes us so wonderful. But I want to make sure that that you put yourself at the top of that priority list, not because you're selfish, but because the best thing you can give to your community, to your livestock, to your kids, is to be the best version of you. And you can't be that unless you take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so I just want to empower people in ag especially, like, make sure that there's time in your day for you. And finally, if you'd like to connect with Coach Kaya, you can follow me on social media. I'm Coach Kaya on Instagram and Facebook. I also just recently launched my first podcast, which is called Climbing with Coach Kaya. And, you know, maybe you're someone that you're like, you know, I love what you've done with your story, like your health journey. That's really empowering. I created this membership community, which is really a space for, for women to have this community as they're on this climb of creating a healthy life that they love. So if you're someone that, you know, you just want to find a community of other like-minded individuals that are taking better care of themselves and you want that support and guidance, I'd love to welcome you in. You can check me out online to learn more about that. We'd love to welcome you to the sisterhood. And that again is the 2020 Beef Advocate of the Year, Kaya Twistleman Burchett, more affectionately known as Coach Kaya. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Alex Wojcicki, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. With the business report for today, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are dropping on Wall Street amid turmoil in Afghanistan and uneasiness about a weaker economic outlook in China. Meanwhile, Americans cut back on their spending last month as a surge in COVID-19 cases kept people away from stores. The Commerce Department says retail sales fell a seasonally adjusted 1.1% in July from the month before. It was a much larger drop than the three-tenths percent decline Wall Street analysts had expected. U.S. factory production in July posted the strongest gain in four months, reflecting a surge in production at auto plants that are still confronting major supply chain problems. The Federal Reserve reports that manufacturing output increased 1.4% in July, following a decline of three-tenths of a percent in June. It was the best showing for factory output since a 3.4% gain in March. Walmart is raising its outlook for the year as Americans return to shopping for back-to-school clothes and travel goods during the fiscal second quarter. Still, concerns are mounting over spending in the months ahead as the Delta variant of COVID-19 surges across the U.S. and mask mandates are reinstated. Walmart reported earnings of $4.27 billion, or $1.52 per share, during the three-month period ending July 31st. That's a nickel better per share than Wall Street had expected. U.S. health experts are expected to recommend COVID-19 vaccine boosters for all Americans, regardless of age. Eight months after they've received their second dose of the shot, the goal is to ensure lasting protection against the coronavirus as the Delta variant spreads across the country. That's according to two people familiar with the matter who spoke to the Associated Press on the condition of anonymity to discuss internal deliberations. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob. There's a pig in the Overton FFA classroom. 
I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and today we're joined on the phone by Julie Loudon. She is the Overton FFA advisor and ag instructor, and we're also joined by Cinch Kiger. He is a senior at Overton to learn a little bit more about There's a Pig in My Classroom program. First of all, Julie, tell me a little bit about this program and and really from a 30,000-foot perspective what it's all about. So There's a Pig in My Classroom is an opportunity provided by the National FSA organization to expand knowledge and learning about pig farming. Since pigs are raised in confinement, it's not as obvious that you might be going past a pig farm as it is a cattle operation. So National FSA, in partnership with a few other um, pork producers and Indiana State Fairgrounds, wanted to provide these lessons for kids across the nation and really help partner with the FSA programs to go into elementary and middle school classrooms to teach more about pig farming. All right. So, Cinch, I understand you have some involvement in this program. Tell me what your role is. Well, as an officer, I'm just going to be helping really teach the lesson and just get it to the kids and kind of just really explain to them what's going on with this. So when you're talking to these younger students who may or may not be interested in getting involved in agriculture, what do you hope they take away from There's a Pig in My Classroom program? Well, really just help them know where really how the operations work and just kind of show them where maybe some of their food and stuff is coming from and just let them see like there is more than just, yeah, it's a pig or just all that. So Absolutely. So Julie, you and I were kind of chatting before we came on air today that this program is really a great opportunity for you guys to bring in some new curriculum and teach to younger students. What does this program bring to the Overton FFA chapter? Well, for starters, since a lot of hog operations are biosecurity um, risks to bring kids to, one of the things I really appreciate about this program is that it involves a virtual field trip of a hog operation. So without leaving the classroom, and keeping the animals safe, we are able to tour a hog facility. But it will also increase our reach as an FSA chapter because we'll be working with those younger grades. And then they'll get to see, you know, some of these older high school kids coming in and go, wow, I think that's really cool. So I really am looking forward to not only increasing the ag literacy about hog operations, but also increasing that partnership and just continuing to help our younger students learn just what our FFA chapter is all about. Okay, let's dive into that a little bit more because this obviously is not the only thing your FFA chapter does. Tell me about some other notable highlights from from your chapter. Well, we have our annual pride and joy is our hay rack ride that we put on for the high school kids and middle school kids. And so we'll meet at a nearby house and do hay rack rides and just have a good time to get together. But our chapter is also really proud to be the reigning District 8 Parley Pro champion team. So we pride ourselves in some of our public speaking abilities and contests as well. We also are really big on community service. And so whenever anything in the community comes up, we like to be be the first ones to volunteer that, yes, we will serve. Uh, we also put on an annual Farm Safety Week for the entire elementary pre-K through fourth grades at Overton so they can learn more about safety activities. All right. Sounds like great things in store for the Overton FFA chapter. Thanks so much. Again, we've been visiting with Julia Loudon. She is the Overton FFA advisor and ag instructor and also by senior Overton FFA member Cinch Kiger to talk about There's a Pig in My Classroom program. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Iowa Youth.
Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network as we take a check at the closing mark. Grain trade and do so. We talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the Daily Newsletter this week in Grain. John, kind of a turbulent market trade coming in here today. Do we really take anything from away from today's trade or kind of chalk it up to macro forces and wait out for the fundamentals and things to have come out to take back into the market? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mix of bad news early. I think that the trade is ready for it. But I, I would expect to see some spillover here in the overnight trade. We'll see if anything can break the stock market. That's um, you know down about 500 points right now. The Dow, S&P down about 50. So you know those are kind of market movements that uh, you know could certainly bleed into a weak trade, a seasonally weak trade. Now you know I think it turns around at some point. I wouldn't. I don't think you want to be too too short below 540, for example, in December. It seems to be a level where we maybe see see some buying coming in. China on the on the soybean side, China bought again today, and that's that's going to buoy the market. I think we're still what eight cents above where we were the, uh, before the USDA report, and uh, in beans we're close to twenty twenty five cents. So I think the market's just trying to find some equilibrium here and, and pull between five eighty upside September and maybe downside into the five thirty. From that macro perspective, we see a lot of money flow going today, and it looks like the U.S. dollar is the safe haven. Does it continue to be a safe haven, or what are some of those other assets that funds are going to be wanting to own right now, just given the kind of turbulent waters we're in? Well, I mean, at this point, I think the dollar is still going to be the best best you know, shirt in the dirty laundry basket, um, just given that you know we have a lot of endowment that we're not really accounting for just in, in the short term. Um, over the longer run, though, I think that you have to be very careful here to be selling bushels too early. Um, the interest rate picture, I think, is what basically we're learning is, like, if you have COVID shutdowns, the GDP is not going to run at the levels we need to then raise interest rates. So we're stuck in this cycle where you have COVID, you shut down, the market needs liquidity, and it gets liquidity, and it's happy. And and, uh, and that's where, where we kind of are now, where... You know, it was like good news is bad. So I, I don't take this sell-off here from a macro perspective as anything other than just a blip uh, until the interest rate picture changes. And today's data kind of confirmed that I think for the short term, we're not expecting any big shift. We're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zhang Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the Daily Newsletter this week in Grain. You can always learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Again, danielzagmarketing.com. Now, John's going to be down in Abilene, Texas, coming up soon. You can find out more about his trip there when you visit danielzagmarketing.com. But do remember, trading futures and options of all risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of Midday. Catch the Midday podcast sponsored by Deveni Motors later today, available wherever podcasts can be found or KRVN 92.5.